All right, we are live and we are still at uh, Refresh, Refresh Las Vegas, the Aria. And I'm uh, really glad to be sitting here with Garish Bathukutham, who is the CEO and founder of Freshworks, who's, of course, this event is run by Freshworks. So Garish, thank you for joining me, man. Well, thanks for having me, Brent. Okay, so there's a couple of, well, there's a lot of things I'd love to ask you about, but we don't have time to ask for all these things. But the first thing I want to ask you is about is the keynote, the morning keynote. And you were sitting basically like we're sitting with Shaquille O'Neal. Now, uh, I've seen Shaq. I've watched Shaq on TV. I've seen him at events. And he is what he seems to be on TV. What do you think? You had a chance to get, uh, get to know him a little bit before you got on stage. Yeah. So I think... Uh, uh I spent, uh, I got the opportunity to spend at least an hour before we went on stage. Uh, so I think uh, I should tell you that uh, I know who he is, but I have not been like a, a I didn't grow up in the You're US. You're a Lakers fan, man? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't grow up in the, I, I grew up in the US following football, so following basketball. Uh, so, but I think what I saw in that one hour, uh, I really, really liked uh, the fact that he's a great human being more than uh, a great basketballer or an investor or a DJ. So I think he is a super successful celebrity, no doubt on that. But what actually, the, the, I think the crown uh, for me is the person he is, the heart he has. I think that uh, overshadows everything else that he's accomplished. So I simply loved uh, the time. And it was a very short time, but I was able to see uh, the heart. That's really cool. And you know what? You were the perfect straight man for Shaq. You need to go out on the road with him. Because you were, it was fun watching your expressions as Shaq played off of your expressions. <laughs> it was a lot yes. of fun. So I, I think uh, like he just wouldn't want to prepare. Like, uh, so I said, do you want to go to the questions? He said, no. He even tried to pull out all the questions from me so that he said, come on, let's go and have a conversation, right? And and, and see, I, like, I, I generally don't prepare too much myself right okay. but when you have a celebrity like him you just want to make sure that you're capturing the highlights of their story you want to make sure their best moments are there for the audience that's why you want them right but but he's a natural like he, like he can just <laughs> go and entertain an audience just like that it was very entertaining but it was a nice way to get the, get things rolling for the event which is the second refresh, at least in the United States. Yes. Last year was in New York. I actually had an opportunity to speak at last year's, and it's really cool to see how it's grown from just last year to this year. Yeah, I think uh, um, I'm excited to see this, and I think uh, Las Vegas is uh, definitely, uh, I think, bigger and better, and uh, uh, super happy with this venue. I think it looks great, and uh, so we'll continue to grow, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the, you know, some of the things that were discussed during your keynote. You know, one thing, of course, that stood out, you know, the whole idea of how customer success kind of completes the customer engagement platform that you guys are talking about. And that's kind of, I guess, really solidified itself with the whole acquisition of Natero. Yeah. So maybe you could talk about what Natero brings to what you already had with Freshworks. Right. So, um, see, most of the companies today, like we live in a world where we have uh, like three or four different systems. So like the sales teams work with CRM, uh, 
uh, as in Salesforce automation, when right. we say CRM, that's what we refer to, right. uh, or the sales cloud, for example. So the marketing teams use marketing automation software like uh, email campaigns and, and uh, drip campaigns and, and whatnot, and social media campaigns and stuff like that. And then you have the customer support teams uh, who use uh, omni-channel customer engagement, sometimes multiple tools, yeah. a different tool for social media engagement, different tool for cloud telephony, a different tool for chat, a different tool for email, ticketing. So, so what we end up with a company investing in so many different tools to talk to the same customer, right? Because today's customer can come through different channels. Right. So what happens is uh, even though most businesses want to have a full context of the customers. It's a very simple use case, right? So think about uh, you as a customer, you bought something from a company, um, you're waiting for the order, you uh, email them and there's been no response, you tweeted about them, and now out of frustration you're calling them. The poor person on the other side of the call, if they don't have quick context of everything that's happening in your life with this transaction, they are going to have a very bad experience, you're going to have a very bad experience, right? So I think I, I'm oversimplifying this, but, but at the core, every business has to know enough about uh, the customer and they need to be able to use that information, put it in the hands of the frontline employee who's servicing that customer, right? So I think it's, it's uh, fundamental and it's simple, but what has happened is most of this technology evolved over different points of time. So, so many companies, when they, uh, let's say, bought a CRM, there was no marketing automation as an industry. So when, when people implemented a customer support center, phone and email were the only channels. So after 10 years, maybe suddenly social media management becomes a pain, or they buy a social media software. Or suddenly uh, the millennial customers are coming on chat, they don't want to call, so you put in the chat software. So, so, and then when you're putting in these softwares, a new software, you're actually uh, setting up new teams. So, so there is a separate social media engagement team, uh, maybe your phone center uh, is outsourced to a different company. So, and suddenly this company is realizing, but at the end of the day, it's the same customer. And, and we have ended up with a hodgepodge of systems and we have different teams. The software doesn't talk to each other, the teams don't talk to each other, and who's suffering, the customer is suffering, right? So that's the reality. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying we live in a world where this is reality. Right. And companies who want to improve their customer experience, they are trying to make it better. So how they're trying to uh, bring everything together. So, so I even have a, a name coined for this term. So I call it multi-screen syndrome, <laughs> right? Because if you go and really watch customer support agents, mm -hmm. when they're struggling to uh, help a customer, like if, if it's an e-commerce company, for example, so the customer is on the phone or uh, sent an email about uh, um, asking a question about where their order is. So they need to uh, copy that order ID, go into an order management system on another screen and figure out where that order is, right? And then they also want to figure out, uh, okay, like, have we communicated this to this customer? Did we send them a text message informing that the delivery is going to be late? So that's in a different system, mm. right? And uh, so what is the, the, does this customer uh, have is part of our loyalty program, yes or no? Oh, you have to go to another system, right? So I think uh, companies are struggling with this and they're trying to integrate everything, right? And now that costs a lot of manual effort, time and money. And finally you manage to integrate everything 
what happens? One of these vendors releases a new upgrade <laughs> and then the integration breaks. And then you have to call in the consultants again and then you do more profile services. So this is the reality today. And that is what we are questioning as the big opportunity for a new player. Um, we fully understand that large enterprises who have already sunk millions of dollars into all these different systems may not be able to throw away, so they have to still live with this uh, uh, stitching everything together. Mm -hmm. But what about customers who want to start fresh? No pun intended. As you already said, that's yeah. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like, like, let's say you and I are starting a company tomorrow. Like, do we really have to buy a CRM and six different tools and stitch everything together, or? Can we start off the assumption that, hey, we are going to talk to our customers across the entire life cycle. So we talk, we, we market to new customer, new prospects. Some of them will become uh, leads, and then we will talk to them uh, via email, phone. And then we'll, some of them will become customers, and they will talk to us via phone, email, social media. Yeah. And then we will market more to our customers, and then we'll get them to buy more. So this is a, a cycle. Can we design a new experience where all this technology already exists? Mm -hmm. So can we make it a seamless experience? That is what we spoke about, in a, what I spoke about in today's keynote, in terms of uh, the future of customer engagement, being uh, contextual, being predictive, being anywhere engagement, because customers are anywhere uh, today, uh, and uh, collaborative. How can we get everybody in the company to come in and do this? And uh, Natero, uh, and completes the puzzle um, because when we uh, announced uh, Freshworks 360 last year, mm -hmm. so we were trying to uh, integrate sales, marketing and support and present a single unified view of the customer. Then we realized um, it's not about only sales, marketing and support. Uh, it's also after they become a customer, how can we leverage uh, more data signals that these customers are sending us mm -hmm. by usage of product, by visiting our website, by the conversation that they are having. So can we understand our, our customers better? Can we differentiate our premium customers from our uh, regular customers? Can we offer superior service to our premium customers? Can we extract, um, offer better service and, and extract more lifetime value from these customers? Every business is doing it. They want to do it. Right. Whether you're talking about an airline with a, a frequent flyer program or mm -hmm. a bank with a relationship manager. Uh, so we are all doing it, but can this be automatic? Can So that's the villain we are fighting. It's not uh, the software. It's about the way software is supposed to be built, the way software is supposed to be delivered, implemented, and consumed. So, so we believe that we have a new, easier, automatic way to get this. One of the things you said during the keynote is you don't want to automate everything at the expense of the customer experience. Maybe you can illustrate exactly what that means. Yeah, so see today uh, we, we are seeing this pattern where everybody, every company is struggling with uh, uh, the need to automate. Mm -hmm. See, the, the fundamental nature of uh, say IT or customer support is that it is a cost? It is viewed as a cost center, and uh, sometimes it is not linearly scalable. Like if you if you are a, a small company and you get say a thousand calls in a month, right? And let's say you have uh, ten people, right. right? Now, if your business uh, scales to ten thousand calls, uh, should you hire uh, like hundred people? Mm. 
and if it becomes uh, what if it becomes 50000 calls your business is growing but uh, you cannot linearly scale the number of uh, support reps just to handle the increased volume because sometimes what happens is um, the volume may drop it may be unpredictable the cost just uh, escalates more than the cost of a support ticket the cost of a person is much more right right so and so that what i'm saying is fundamentally every business understands this there is a business driver to automate uh, the repetitive aspects of customer support or service so that we can get customers what they want in a consistent fast manner but still be able to do more with the same people mm-hmm. uh, where you don't have to actually uh, uh, keep hiring more and more people right right and and that is where uh, companies want to use technology now we also have on the other hand like innovative new startups which are coming up with uh, chatbots or ai ml where they're saying uh, they're going to large banks or they're going to large e-commerce companies or, or they're saying hey we can automate customer experience like you can turn on the bots and then go home <laughs> uh, the problem is uh, there's only so much that the bots can do customers want to talk to real people um, so so the line the, the key th- uh differentiation or or what the point to think about is where do you draw the line mm-hmm. like okay when will a customer prefer uh talking to a bot versus when will a customer want to talk to a human being right okay obviously if if the customer can always talk to a human being that's maybe perfect but it's not ideal for the business and and let's talk about business hours like if you're calling a company at say 7 pm or 8 pm or 12 uh midnight mm-hmm. right it is not possible for many small businesses to actually staff up like that so right. what happens you're not talking to a bot but the customer is still talking to a machine it's called uh, voicemail right. right so you call and then you reach voicemail you leave a message and then you wait for a response till the next day when somebody comes uh, to work and then they actually reply to you right now if you can actually talk to a machine and leave voicemail why can't you actually talk to a machine and get the answer immediately Right. So that is where uh where uh the questions can be answered with confidence and immediately and consistently. Th- those are all areas where a business should look at automation. Yeah. But also there are cases where the questions are complex. It requires human interpretation. It, it requires somebody to break the process. Mm. A lot of times uh, a process is not set in stone. You have to do the right thing for the customer, right? right. So when you want that then you want the bot to fail as a business you want the bot to fail and say hey i'm sorry about that but i cannot help you with this but you know what let me connect you to a human being in my team my colleague who can help you with that right. and the beauty is we can seamlessly transfer and the customer does not have to repeat themselves the human can now see the entire conversation that the customer has had with the bot the context is fully transferred the human can do the right thing so whenever it's uh, a straightforward simple answer following an established process um, where the customer needs consistent quick responses bots are great whenever you need empathy when it processes to be broken uh, where humans can do the right thing for the customer i think hand over to the human uh, we believe it has to be uh, you cannot not automating it may not be affordable for the business right. uh, fully automating it may be bad for the customer so the fine line is automate what is automatable but then fall That's, back 4 years ago we talked 
and you had set up this site called CEO on Support. And you actually, you know, in addition to you, because you, you were jumping on as the CEO and founder of the company, you were still handling first line support calls and you were putting a call out to other CEOs that kind of do the same thing. Now that was four years ago. I, you know, your company has grown a lot bigger since then. But do you still try to keep your hands sometimes involved in those first line support activities? Uh, yes, even uh, like I always uh, monitor Twitter uh, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Facebook or social media. So when customers reach out for help, so I am responding to customers and copying our teams to come and do the right thing. So I also do email support. See, I think uh, I am. I would like to say I am not the CEO on support. I am the support guy who became CEO. So I started my career as a, a, in support as a pre-sales engineer. So, so I think uh, that would be the right uh, term for me. So, uh, what have you learned recently compared to your early days when you were doing the kind of CEO on support? What have you learned from your interactions uh, recently? I think. Uh, it, the, the best part about uh, interacting with customers is the learning never stops, mm -hmm. right? I'll, I'll tell you uh, two very different examples. Mm -hmm. So when, when you speak to an SMB customer, so we had an initiative going, I think uh, uh, it was a few quarters ago. Uh, we called it uh, Sahelu. I don't know if you've seen the movie Avatar. Yes. yes. Yeah, so Sahelu is the bonding that happens uh, between the man and the animal, right? So we called it Customer Sahelu, where we wanted to actually uh, understand how small customers were uh, finding it uh, using our products, right? Mm -hmm. And we actually pride ourselves on making the products very, very simple. So we almost wanted to be like Apple-like. So in fact, in our help desk, if you see, we'll have something like uh, automation rules, which is the names are like dispatcher, uh, supervisor, scenario automation and dispatcher mm. is like we thought it's very simple that okay incoming tickets are coming you can create rules to dispatch them to different uh, right. the right agent or the right team right so we set up examples uh, we thought it should be super easy for customers to it is super easy in comparison to many other systems but what we learned is uh, when we actually recorded this customer on an interview actually trying to use this mm. so she uh, was not very tech savvy. She always uh, she remembered that oh it's you know, it's a workflow automation. We asked questions on how would you do this, so she would she couldn't remember where it was because we had three different types of automations mm. like dispatcher, supervisor, uh, scenario automation. We also have one call observer. So it was interesting to see how it's so easy for us to kind of associate the names with the functionality and we always know where to go and look but we were seeing the customer struggle to say hey, is it observer or is it dispatcher or is it supervisor it has to be somewhere in one of these right <laughs> like that was like man we thought we had spent so much time in making this simple but it's still not simple enough mm. for this user right that's that's an SMB customer right yeah now in a, in a mid-market customer like uh, a larger customer what we realized was uh, a lot of times when uh, our pre-sales people were uh, going in, so we were leading with product. So the customers were looking to solve for a business use case. Mm -hmm. So see, uh, in a, in a mid-market or a larger enterprise, they always they, they have uh, their uh, OKRs, right? So so they have to accomplish something in the year. 
so they want to maybe increase the NPS or they want to improve their CSAT. So they have a mission, right. like a yearly goal and a business uh, metric to improve on. Uh, and our guys weren't spending enough time understanding what the business drivers were for the customer. Uh, but we were still winning the deals. And you know how? The customer would ask us questions. We would actually lead in with the product. We'll say, oh, let me show you how. Right. Let me show you how. And then we show the product, we show how it's done. Then I actually learned that, hey, we are not actually talking to the customer about the business outcomes, but the customer is mapping it in their mind. So they know what they want, they are seeing the product, they are liking the product and the experience, but in their mind they are saying, okay, I can use these features to drive that. Right. Right. So, and, and this is going to be, so, so we realized that, okay, we need to improve uh, our messaging. Uh, we need to understand what's important for uh, these larger customers and how do we it's, how do we change our messaging okay having uh, the, the good news is we have a strong product that works uh, okay the learning for us was okay let's learn to message differently for these larger customers so so I can go on and on no that's cool so basically connecting you know the why and you know with the how yeah and that kind of solidified that's cool all right I know we gotta kind of let you go because there's a lot of stuff going on here but I have to ask you because our, our, our mutual friend here Alan uh, Berkson who's off camera but he's a, a big part of how I got to learn a lot about Freshworks uh, he said I should ask you about Anna tell us about Anna and why it's important to understand her story okay so I, I, okay Anna is uh, uh, a girl whom I hired uh, fresh out of college in 2012 so, but the story of Anna is really the story, could be the story of any employee. So, so let's look at it from that angle. And uh, so, I was the person who interviewed uh, her in 2012. So, when we went to uh, an off-campus location and we got some of uh, the students and we made 12 offers, I think, uh, in that uh, year. So, when I interviewed Anna, I, like, she had a good communication skill, seemed like a smart engineer. So we decided to uh, hire her in marketing because usually in SMB product marketing you want people who can write well right. and uh, so our, we, most of our product marketing in SMB was on the website content. So we put her in uh, uh, content marketing team in, in product marketing. So <coughs> turned out to be a, a failure, bad move because uh, she could not do creative writing. Right. And uh, see, at that time, uh, during the interview, one thing I had promised her was like, I don't know where you would fit in, but we'll try. So uh, my fundamental belief was there are no bad employees, there are only bad fit. We had a situation where the employee, the manager was unhappy with the employee, and, and the employee was really feeling bad because she was not doing well in her job. And But I remembered my promise to her that we'll try different things. So I tried to move her into uh, uh, SEO. Like it's still marketing. Still I was hoping I could make use of her communication skills. Uh, but again, uh, she was not cut out to be uh, an SEO marketer. So, and this is all happening between 2012 and 2013. Oh, right? okay. uh, so okay. very, very early days. So when we uh, had our first customer support team, so you have to remember in those days we were operating out of Chennai in India and we were supporting customers uh, globally. Mm -hmm. So and it meant that 
people had to work in the night shift and uh, for the US customers and uh, so in India law does not allow us to uh, hire women employees for the night shift if we don't provide um, a cab facility for picking up and dropping them and if we should also have a security guard in the car uh, to take them right so this was the law so we couldn't hire any women engineers in the early years for the night shift right so but then uh, we decided okay let's uh, set up a, a European shift and she I wanted to try her in customer support because uh, she still has good communication skills writing skills uh, her English was good her articulation was good so she was uh, not doing well in marketing so we thought okay let's give her a chance in support now I think uh, that's when we probably unlocked her career in 2013 so Anna came on to become one of our rock star customer support reps so um, she actually I think in 2014 she won uh, an award in San Francisco uh, for the customer service uh, uh, champion award which was done by some other San Francisco uh, company so uh, and then after that she uh, okay but that award she won because her customers voted her uh, wow, okay. for, for that award right <laughs> nice. and uh, then she became when we set up the customer success team so she became the first customer success manager uh, in Freshworks and uh, she's uh, was uh, till very recently handling European uh, uh, operations many of our European customers just uh, go to Anna she's the go-to person <laughs> she's their voice inside the company she would just take care of the customers and they love her and uh, I think uh, recently uh, we have announced uh, a new uh, community uh, the refresh community which we are going to announce tomorrow actually and uh, so so Anna is going to uh, be in charge of that as the community manager so uh, the reason I'm telling you the story is uh, as a CEO with the fundamental belief that uh, if you find great people uh, you just have to and, and especially young people right mm -hmm. and and uh, sometimes people uh, have to find figure out who they are what makes them tick and it is an equal responsibility for the manager as well as for the employee uh, because especially when you're young in your career you're you don't know yet so it's important to uh, keep trying stuff as long as the employee has great attitude uh, you have to be patient to wait for the results to come and and if, if we had operated where we gave a performance appraisal to Anna and said okay uh, you didn't do well in marketing so you, you like if we could have destroyed yeah. uh, a, a star right so we would have lost a star yeah. so I think um, it, it's uh, the story of Anna I've also wrote a, I wrote a blog post called believing in your employees uh, long ago you should look, uh, read it up yeah so I think uh, uh, this actually shows and we have many more stories but I'm just using Anna's story as an example where fundamentally we believe that you have to uh, find the right fit and when you find the role that really taps into the core talent of the employee that's when work becomes play mm. so the natural potential of the employee is unlocked and and they start uh, giving you 100 percent or more right so so i think that was uh, uh, the lesson we all learned and uh, we have uh, probably hundreds of annas in our company wow and uh, so we are proud of uh, that so that's aspect. the philosophy is not a bad hire it's just a better fit so find the right find the right fit.
That's really cool. I could talk to you forever on that kind of stuff, but I know you got things to do. But uh, maybe you could just tell us uh, what's what's ahead for Freshworks. No, I think uh, we are sitting on a massive opportunity in terms of uh, really trying to bring the future of customer engagement together in, in a new product experience where we can help businesses engage more collaboratively with their customers with more context across channel and uh, with predictive, uh, predictable AI, right? So I think, uh, so we truly believe that we are on a, uh, a mission to enable every team to deliver moments of wow and to deliver on the broad vision that we have, which is to enable every customer to get their customers for life. Very nice. And I also like the way you use Freddy and humanize kind of the AI experience through a friendly looking dog. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really brilliant <laughs> because a lot of folks, it, it makes it almost like you can't touch it. But Freddy is so easy to kind of <laughs> grab onto. Yeah. I thought it was a really cool move to do that. All right, so once again, this has been really cool. Comp and they call you G, don't they? Yes. That's one of the coolest nicknames for a CEO in the CR ministry. Just call him G. I like that. I'll tell you the story behind that, maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think, uh, I don't know where it started, but I'll tell you the Starbucks story, right? Okay. So every time you go to, I go to Starbucks and order coffee, and they ask you for the name. So I tell them my name is Girish, and then they always figure out a way to spell it wrong. So it could be <laughs> Garish, or Girash, or Girish. And then I figure out, okay, uh, how can I give them a spelling that they cannot make a mistake? So it became G. So when, when uh, our colleagues started doing this, uh, when we go for coffee, like, we just order coffee for G. And I used to start signing my emails with G. And then somebody started calling me G. And so that became the name. So. That is awesome. Well, maybe in Vegas, you can have an act with Shaq, and it could be Shaq and G. Yeah. <laughs> or G Shaq. Come to Vegas, maybe you'll see these two. Together. But anyway, thanks for your time. This has been really fun. Thank you.